Welcome to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it's the Horror Show at Extreme Rules pay-per-view review. But before I get into that, I'd like to let you know that I'll have my ECW Heat Wave pay-per-view review up later this week, along with my WCW Bash at the Beach 2000 pay-per-view review. Both those retro pay-per-view reviews will be up later on this week. I apologize for not getting an episode up last week, my ECW Heat Wave 2000 pay-per-view review. I was getting ready for vacation coming up this, well, coming up for this week, so I decided to make it a big week for this week instead of doing an episode last week. But let's get into the topic of discussion. The horror show at Extreme Rules. It took place uh, about a day and a half ago. I let this marinate a little bit. I watched it initially on Sunday, but I rewatched it because I wasn't fully paying attention to it that day because I was tired because I came back from a trip to Cincinnati. But yeah, I watched it again last night, and I well, I got to watch the kickoff show, which I missed on Sunday. But yeah. Let's get this going. Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy in it, the kickoff show. This is seems like this Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins group feud has been happening for like 3,000 years. But all right, nonetheless, this match was actually pretty good. I'll, I'll say that I enjoyed this for the most part. It went eight minutes and 55 seconds, so it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, late in the match, Murphy set up KO on the top rope. He went for a superplex. Uh, KO knocked him off with a headbutt, kicked to the head by Murphy. Murphy then goes for a super kick again. Uh, KO drops him face first off the top rope, well, off the second rope, and then KO hits a ju- double jump moonsault, which you don't see very often from him. Then Murphy hangs KO up on the top rope. Murphy up top now. KO ducks the Meteora attempt from uh, Murphy. KO hits a super kick. Murphy rebounds off the ropes, and then... KO finishes it off with a center at 8 minutes and 55 seconds. I thought this was a good kickoff match. It was it's kind of crazy to think that KO was on the pre-show, but I thought it was, was a this was a really solid match from the two. And while some people could complain or think that Murphy is getting buried, I think the other way. I think it's actually benefiting him by facing off with these big names like KO, but I, what, what I don't like is that this feud with Rollins is, is still going on, I guess. And it's I feel like it ran its course a while ago. I'm going to give this match a B. Then we get the show kicked off proper with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura versus The New Day uh, in a tables match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And really, this was... This could have been. This might have been the best all-around match on the show. I am saying that flat out right now. With the finish and the way everything was done in this match, it made up for the other crap later on. But uh, really, we got new tag champs after Shinsuke and Cesaro. Well, Cesaro put Kofi through a stacked, well, stacked tables ringside. Kofi and Cesaro were fighting on the top row, well, on the second rope, and Cesaro, uh, well, Kofi went for a top rope hurricane Rana to send Cesaro through the two tables ringside, 
and Cesaro picked him up. Uh, Shinsuke actually kicked him first. Cesaro picked him up, power bombed him through both tables to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I like that they went to the this this specific corner late in the match. They kept going to it because they were trying to suplex each other off of it. Kept knocking, trying to knock each other off, or well, try to do big moves to get put the guys through the table or stacked tables at ringside. There were some innovative spots where Kofi got launched by Big E. And Big E, uh, not Big E, but Kofi got the table thrown into his face. The only little thing I don't really like about this way they did this tables match was it was not elimination style like they used to do. Uh, Kofi, not Kofi, but uh, if you watch, remember watching the Hardy, if you watch the Hardys versus the Dudley Boys back at Royal Rumble 2000, I thought that was a well laid out tables match where you had an elimination I like the elimination style better than just the one person gets put through the table and it's over kind of thing. But still, I thought this was a very enjoyable match. I like that we have new tag champs. I really do. I really like that we have new tag champs. There's, It's time to get some new blood in the tag team division. And, and it's fine. These guys are just two underutilized guys, Shinsuke and Cesaro. Those guys have been underutilized ever since they've gotten on the main roster. That ever since they've gotten on the main roster, Cesaro's been there, what, seven years? And he still has not been properly utilized. And he he's had quite a few tag championship reigns, but this one, I think, is going to be a good one with him and Shinsuke. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Shinsuke, he's been very dangerously underutilized ever since he's been brought up from NXT. And uh, it's nice to see these guys win the tag titles. New Day, they've had their time. They the eight times is enough. I don't know where they go from here with this group with New Day, but uh, I don't know. I'm happy with Cesaro and Shinsuke winning the tag titles here. I thought this was a pretty enjoyable match, just like the pre-show one. And I love the New Day. It's time for some fresh blood, though. Uh, well deserved for Shinsuke and Cesaro. Uh, I'm going to give it a B. After that match, we get Nikki Cross with Alexa Bliss taking on Bayley with uh, Sasha Banks, and it's for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Nikki came out like a house of fire early on in this match. She's hitting moves, moves, moves. She almost gets her gets Bailey with the uh, spinning neck breaker at like probably 30 seconds into the match. And she, Nikki hits a DDT on the outside, hits a couple flying cross bodies for near falls. The really the turning point of this match was when Bailey puts Nikki back first into the apron and then throws her into the plexiglass and Bailey dominates for a little bit um, Nikki then escapes Bailey back on the attack on her head and neck and this continues on and on and Bailey goes for a Bailey to belly a little bit later and Nikki counters gets a cross face momentarily and Bailey's not happy because she just can't put Nikki away Nikki hits a roll up then Bailey when she kicks out, knees uh, Nikki in the face. And we, I'm just going to skip to the end of the match. Um, 
Nikki, after getting some big offense in for herself, she hits the spinning neck breaker, and with that's with Bailey prone on the apron, so her feet were on the apron and they were ringside. They get Nikki, they get Bailey back in the ring. She tries to drag Bailey back towards the middle of the ring while the ref is distracted, but that's after a clothesline from Bailey and Nikki answered with one of her own. Same thing with I said the dragging. Nikki was trying to drag Bailey towards the middle of the ring. While the ref was distracted, Sasha hands her one of her boss knuckles. Uh, Sasha distracts the ref. Bailey hits Nikki in the gut with the boss knuckles and finishes it off with the rose plant. And that's it. Nikki was struggling with confidence coming in this match. She gained some confidence early on by getting some big offense in. Uh, I thought this was good, though. I thought it was solid. I, I liked the finish at the finish, but what it led to later on in the night... I absolutely despise, but grade for this one was a B minus. Especially that's that's doing part to what happens later on in the night in the Raw Women's Championship match. And honestly, I really don't know who Bailey faces next because she literally has no challengers, none other than Sasha. You've literally ran through everybody in the division. You need to. I don't know. Is it time to pull the trigger on it? I think so, because you know why? There's nobody left. After that, we get, well, we were supposed to get MVP versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship, but that doesn't happen as MVP declares himself winner by forfeit, and MVP said that Crews was unable to compete due to injury. But according to what Meltzer said from the uh, on the uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, Cruz wasn't there because he failed his latest COVID test. I don't know. But uh, MVP declares himself the winner by forfeit. And then we get Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio in an eye for an eye match. I'm not covering the interview segments. I was, I'm just covering strictly the matches this week, this on this episode. Uh, but yeah, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio in an eye for an eye match. I liked the match leading up to it, leading up to the finish. The match was fine, but. My opinion on this is that WWE and WWE WWE booked themselves into a corner with this match. There was no way that this was not going to come off as hokey because you can't do a freaking eye extraction here. You can't. And what if you do it anyway, it's going to look super hokey, super corny, whatever you call it, and. This was fine. This could have been easily a street fight or something or a loser leaves town match or whatever. Because we all, because if you're at least an intelligent fan or semi, if you're semi in the know, you're going to know that Ray's contract is up and he's not going to be around anymore. But I don't know. This was good though. Uh, The match surrounding the bad stipulation was pretty good they were both trying to take each other's eye out throughout the match with weapons ray almost took him out with a kendo stick uh, broken in half to the eye they continue to try to attack the eye late in the match ray actually hits a 619 then he tries to put seth into the steps seth then counters ray then counters and hits the stomp on seth 
Ray jams Sesai into the steps momentarily. Seth hits a low blow, then he super kicks Ray, stomps Ray, and then Rollins puts Ray's eye into the steps. Seth is trying to, well, Ray's trying to resist, but Seth overpowers him and he puts his previously injured eye into the post, not the post, but the ring step, and that's it. You see Ray's eye, quote-unquote, out, and the ref ends it. Seth sees it and then pukes post-match, which I kind of get, but it looks super dorky, and I don't know. This is uh, this is a very good match, though. This is a very good match, but with a super hokey finish. This is a problem. Seth puking afterwards, that's fine and all. But the eye thing was just way too corny. And WWE, in all honesty, I said this earlier, booked themselves into a corner. This could have easily been a street fight or some other kind of match. But no, they had to go with the eye stipulation because they stuck Ray's eye into the steps. I like WWE's creativity, but the the execution was terrible. You don't need a freaking eye for an eye match. What is it? It is a horror show because wants to see somebody's eye poke out. Who? Not me. Certainly not. This was already a kind of personal feud as it was. Eye for an eye. What the hell does that mean? Oh, somebody's eye needs to be coming out. We need to extract their eye. Whose bright idea was that? This is supposed to be called the horror show? Yeah, that's sure a horror show. And really, if this is Ray's last match in WWE, you could have had him go out in a better way than have his eye poking out. I hope he goes somewhere else and ends his career on a higher note than this because that was just stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And it's an eye for an eye match. All right. So no DQ, no disqualification or whatever. Somebody said this. Why wasn't Dominic out? Why wasn't Aleister Black out? Oh, it's because Ray's too prideful and he's not going to have his family and and, and, uh, uh, acquaintances out there. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. This match was a B plus with a C minus finish. Not not my cup of tea. And somebody said this on Twitter, I think. It was something along these lines. This is why I'm embarrassed to, or can't tell my friends I watch wrestling. Because of this corny baloney that WWE has to put on. With that being said, my final grade for this match is a C+. Alright, doesn't get much better next, but Sasha Banks with Bayley versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Kyrie Sane accompany, accompanying Asuka ringside. And this match, this match was the best of the night. They were having the best match of the night. Period. Point. Blank. Fantastic match between the two. But, 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 guess what? The finish ruined it yet again. Because here we go. 
the late later in the match, they're exchanging rights. Banks tries to get bring Oscar down. Oscar counters into the Oscar lock, but it's not fully locked in. Meanwhile, Bailey climbs on the apron to distract the ref. Then Kyrie takes her off the apron. They have an exchange. Bailey to ba- Bailey to belly on Kyrie. Then back in the ring, Sasha rolls through into a pin attempt. This is an awesome sequence, by the way. Oscar counters. Banks counters a waist lock attempt by sliding underneath. Bank statement attempt. Asuka then drops down, rolls through into a pin attempt. Banks kicks out. Asuka gets the Asuka lock in. Bailey tosses the titles in, title in. And then while the ref is distracted, Bailey tries to use the belt, but Asuka hits her with a roundhouse. Kyrie then hands, I think, a missed capsule to Asuka. And then Banks has the tag belt. Ref takes it from her. Asuka goes for the miss on Sasha, but Banks moves and it goes in the ref's face. Then Asuka goes for the Asuka lock. Bailey comes in and hits Asuka in the back with the belt. Bailey rips off the uh, official's shirt and rips the shirt off the official and then puts it on. Banks then pins Asuka. Bailey counts the pin and unofficially it's Sasha as the new champ and then Bailey orders the timekeeper to ring the bell and yanks the belt away from him so Banks I said like I said is the new unofficial new champ but the ring announcer ring announcer does not announce it this match gets 20 minutes there was some really good joint manipulation work by Sasha in this match great work by both of the ladies in this match they killed it, but, 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 but the finish absolutely was atrocious. Like I'm saying, this match was an A minus, A minus until the overbooking nonsensical BS came into play. The finish was like a D, like D level stuff. And honestly, this was WCW 2000 level esque crap, overbooking. WCW 2000-esque overbooking. It didn't need this. This is what's frustrating why, like, this is a frustrating point. Why put this on a pay-per-view if you're just gonna do it again the next night or a week after that? I under, oh yeah, guess what? Oh, let's do a temporary ratings bump. Oh, hint, hint. If you do crap like this on pay-per-view, why would people tune in the next week or the week after that? To watch the follow-up. And it's not going to help in the long term. Oh yeah, Raw's ratings are down at its lowest in history. Oh yeah, wonder why. That's just my take on it. If you have a different one, that's all fine and good. But what they should have done here is have Bailey cost Sasha just flip the roles from earlier on in the night. That would have made perfect sense as they've been continuing to hint this riff between Sasha and Bailey. They've been doing it on TV, but WWE continues to stall and prevent the Bailey sasha feud from happening because, oh, we want it to happen in front of the fans, but guess what? Oh yeah, ding dong, that ain't happening anytime soon due to COVID numbers, COVID-19 numbers back on the rise. WWE is already two years late on this feud, with this feud. And really, it's at the point of diminishing returns with me. Because in all honesty, and I could be absolutely, totally wrong with this, I don't think fans are going to care if they wait too much longer. And come to find out, 
after this match, they're having a rematch next week on Raw. This renders pay-per-views absolutely meaningless at this point. And apparently, this was not the initial decision um, coming into the match to the, the, do the screwy finish. Apparently, from Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, they said they changed their minds last minute on this. Asuka was supposed to win this. Why didn't you just do it? Oh, we had to make it compelling TV for the next few weeks because uh, uh, our ratings are absolutely down. Our ratings are at the worst they've ever been. Um, it doesn't help that COVID's going on. And it doesn't help that you do stupid crap like this on your pay-per-view. And this is the kind of crap that happens when you change your mind, this dumbass crap. And this, this is what frustrates people, this kind of crap. And that's why some people turn to AEW, because they won't pull this dumb stuff on their pay-per-views. And they, they don't screw their fans. And that's why I really enjoy most of their stuff. It's because we get actual finishes on pay-per-view instead of idiotic ones like the last two matches. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that rant, but I just had to go off on that because that was incredibly frustrating to watch because they were having a hell of a match, but then you had to do the stupid nonsensical finish. I'm going to give that match a C. There was an A- minus match, but a D finish. After that, we get Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. And Ziggler, he waits until the pre-match intros are over to name the stipulation. And he names it this. It's an extreme rules match for himself, while it's going to be a normal match for Drew McIntyre. But if Drew McIntyre gets counted out or DQ'd, he loses the title, so he has to win by either pinfall or submission. And I thought this match was pretty good. They worked pretty well with the stipulations. They did a pretty good job. In comparison to the other last the last two matches, the finishes, I'm perfectly fine with what happened here. Uh, Drew Dolph is continuously using weapons on Drew, hits him with chairs, uses a low blow, uses about everything possible, everything in the kitchen sink, including an elbow drop off the second rope, off the top rope to the outside through a table, and Drew has to hold himself back from being, uh, that's a nice little story element, Drew had to hold himself back from uh losing his cool and getting disqualified because if he did he was going to lose his title and this is how it ended so drew hits a uh, back elbow in the corner reverse alabama slam by himself and then uh, claymore countdown dolph with a chair shot to the knee follows it up with a zigzag for a near fall drew sends dolph to the outside, Dolph super kicks Drew onto a table. He hits the elbow drop, as I previously mentioned. Drew somehow gets back into the ring before the 10 count. Drew hits a Glasgow kiss. Dolph counters a future shock DDT with a kick to the knee. 
He follows it up with a famous famouser and a zigzag. That's the second zigzag he has hit and the second famouser he's hit during this match. And then he hits a rock bottom onto a chair. Drew kicks out again. Then Ziggler sets up for the super kick. Drew nips up and clobbers Dolph with a claymore to end it at 15 minutes and 25 seconds. In all honesty, this was quite an upgrade from the previous two matches finishes. You all knew that Dolph was not going to win. We all knew that. But it was good to see Drew overcome the stipulation he had to deal with. And while Dolph was never going to win this match, he gave Drew all he had. And and I felt they played to the stipulation pretty well during this. And I thought this was was as good as it was going to be. And I just wish that Drew had future challengers that I could actually see beating him. Like, viable challengers. Viable challengers. Because a lot of these guys he's faced so far have been kind of... Uh, you're not, you don't see it because they haven't built, been built up enough. And some I saw, I think, I don't know who it was that said it on Twitter. But a lot of these guys were coming off of pay-per-view losses that Drew had faced. So like Seth Rollins, he lost to WrestleMania to Kevin Owens. Bobby Lashley, they were trying to build him up a little bit, but he hadn't been built up too much quite yet. I didn't think he was built up enough for a title shot, but they did it anyway. And then Dolph, he just got a random title shot out of nowhere. I don't know. It'd be nice to have strong challengers for Drew McIntyre, but they haven't really built enough guys up, which is another problem they've been having for quite a while now. But uh, I thought this was a good match. I'm going to give it a B. Now on to the main event, or so-called main event. It's Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman in a swamp fight. And Bray Wyatt, throughout this match, is using a bunch of mind games. And at one point, Alexa Bliss shows up as Sister Abigail telling to uh, follow me, Braun. We can be together forever. They address their... It was a... That tension going on between those two as they were on the mixed match challenge. And it was kind of playing off their relationship, Bray being the master manipulator. And Bray at one Braun at one time sees his old uh his old self. And Bray talks in riddles as he's talking to Braun. And and it together we can be like gods, and he's never gonna go back, and Braun will never do his bidding. And they end up going to a pier where Braun ends up sending Bray on a boat. But then Braun, uh, Bray comes back. There was actually a guy on fire during this. It was quite interesting. Back to the uh, boat. It's come, it comes back, actually. Uh, Bray... Braun sees nothing in the boat. Then Bray attacks Braun from behind with an oar and then tries to drown Braun. Braun eventually surfaces and coughs as he gets onto the pier. Bray stands overhead. They continue to fight. Bray beats him with the oar. Braun then gets up. Bray's laughing. Braun Spartan kicks uh, Bray into, well, through the pier fence into the water. Braun, he says it's over. The credit shows. Bray rises from the water and puts the mandible claw in and drags Braun into the water. Both of them are underwater. The water turns red. The Fiend shows up to end the show. And really, 
I thought this was not the worst cinematic match, but definitely not the best. I, I'm probably in the minority, but I felt Bliss's involvement in this was a bit out of place. But I guess it's fine because that's the... Because she's the only female that he really has history with in this company, in WWE. And it was entertaining. I'll give it that. It was entertaining. It was just odd, and I really don't understand when Wyatt talks in his riddles. I really don't. And the problem is, with these cinematic matches, the problem, the underlying problem is, they're doing these way too much. Almost monthly. And what what this does is that it doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel special when you do them this often. Um, it's it, They're running it into the ground is what I'm saying. They're running it into the ground like they do a lot of things. And don't get me wrong. I have enjoyed some of the cinematic matches WWE has done. I, I enjoyed the Boneyard match. I enjoyed the Money in the Bank ladder matches quite a bit. I really enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse but they're overdoing it. And this was entertaining. This was very entertaining. But really, this should not close a pay-per-view. Why close a pay-per-view with a cinematic match? I don't know. And Braun's universal title reign has been pretty much meaningless at this point because who was he faced? Oh yeah, Miz and Morrison and then Firefly Funhouse Bray. Really, really exciting. I'm going to give this match a C+. It was not the worst cinematic match, but not the best. Bray's mind games, they're interesting, but it's, I don't know. I just don't like him when he talks in riddles. So I'm going to give it a C+. And this brings me to the overall grade for the show. C+. It's going to get a C+. I had a lot higher, not a lot higher, but I had higher expectations going into this show, and I was disappointed, especially with the finishes to Sasha and Asuka and Rollins' Rey Mysterio. And really, also, this is this is just a, a problem. Why have Extreme Rules as part of the name of the show when you literally have two and a half matches of the eight-match card have some kind of gimmick to them. I don't know, but the marketing has sucked for the last two pay-per-views for WWE. The horror show, this was not a horror show. The only horror show part of it was the Rey Mysterio finish and the Bailey finish and then the Swamp Fight. That was not it's not a horror show. I don't know what that I don't know what they were trying to do with this kind of theme, but it was not anything. It was really just a tagline. It should have been the tagline, Extreme Rules, the horror show. Not the horror show at Extreme Rules. But they had to switch the marketing like three times for that like they usually do. And then the last two pay-per-views, like I said, they have te- it's been terrible marketing. With the greatest wrestling match ever tagline last month, and then the rebranding Extreme Rules as the horror show. Honestly, they need to just take away Extreme Rules because they keep, if they name it the Extreme Rules, don't have it as Extreme Rules. If you're not going to have Extreme Rules matches uh, placed throughout it, why call it that? And why call it the horror show? As oh, you have Bray do these one couple little segments, yada yada yada, and that's about it. 
I don't know. I, I know it feels like I'm just bashing WWE left and right, but they make it easy when you get the Sasha and Asuka finish and the hokey crap at the end with Seth and Ray. I'm sorry, but this was disappointing. I'm going to give it a C plus. Like I said, Backlash surprisingly was better last month, and I actually was kind of surprised because they actually had two really good matches. This show had a couple of really good matches, but the gimmicks and the extra BS at the end of a couple of matches really ruined things for me. If you enjoyed the show, that's fine. I just did not enjoy this pay-per-view. But hopefully, brighter days are ahead. Because I have two retro pay-per-view reviews coming up this week. ECW Heatwave 2000 and WCW Bash at the Beach 2000. So hopefully ECW Heatwave 2000 is an enjoyable show. Hopefully Bash at the Beach 2000 is an enjoyable show also. But that's WCW 2000 and I already rep- referenced that earlier in this episode. But hopefully it's an okay show, WCW Bash at the Beach 2000. I'll have my reviews reviews for both of those up later on this week. But in the meantime, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And if you haven't already, hit that, punch that, just smash that subscribe button on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you like the show, make sure to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.